0: Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. Does anybody know what is significant about today? What? You're, you're sort of close. Sort of means not exactly. Yeah, okay, Yom Kippur. All right. Actually, Yom Kippur starts today. All right? This evening. It starts this evening, and, and the Jewish holidays start on the evening before, and then it goes through the next day, and then it usually ends at sundown the next day. All right? So you guys need to know that today, starting in the evening time, Yom Kippur going through evening time tomorrow. And I want to I talk to you guys a little bit about the significance of this day because you, you guys, we all would probably agree that the, the, the Jewish holidays um, that were laid out in the Old Testament have extreme significance to their culture. Now we, thankfully, are not under the Old Covenant law anymore. Can anybody say hallelujah? Jesus set us free from the law. But there are things for us to learn about the nature of God about the things of the Old Covenant. And, and there are things about him in the holidays. And, you know, it's not things that are his nature one day a year. It's ongoingly, but they're like reminder checkpoints, okay? I want to talk to us today about some reminder checkpoints about what Yom Kippur is all about. Um, I don't know the date, but it, it must have been 10 days ago that, that Rosh Hashanah happened. Rosh Hashanah is another major... Uh, Jewish holiday, and Rosh Hashanah is the Feast of Trumpets, and it's the Jewish New Year. Okay, so the Jewish New Year, which I, if somebody correct me if I'm wrong, I think we just started 5761. I'm looking at Susie, because I think you're probably that kind of a student of this thing. Does anybody know what Jewish year it is? I think it's 5761. 5781? Okay, 5781. So, so we just started that Jewish New Year 10 days ago. Amen. Amen. The Lord's lifting up praises all over the place. That's a prophetic sign of what's coming, right? So Rosh Hashanah is the Jewish New Year, and they believe that that's the year that Adam was created, or the day that Adam was created, and it started all that. Um, and then, and then Rosh Hashanah, it, it starts the ten days of awe. Everybody say awe. How many of you know that awe is important to God? How many of you would know that awe is very lacking in a lot of Christianity? All right, awe is important because awe is where we marvel at God's goodness. Okay. And and so 10 days of awe. And those are 10 days of of repentance and getting our hearts right with God to be ready for Yom Kippur. So Yom Kippur is tonight, all right? And so that is the Day of Atonement. And the Day of Atonement is considered the holiest day of the year. And that was the day, and it's written out in Leviticus chapter 16. I'm not going to read it, but that would be the day one time a year when the high priest had the privilege of sacrificing a bull and a goat and taking that blood into the Holy of Holies behind the veil where the Ark of the Covenant is, the, throne, the earthly throne of God, and the cherubim, he, the, he would go in there. He's only allowed one time a year. And, and God told Moses that if Aaron, the, the first high priest, would go in there any more than the time he's allotted, he would die. Because the glory is rich and it's holy. And if we approach his throne not right, it's not, it's not what he's looking for. He, he wants right hearts and obedience coming before his throne. Amen? You guys okay? So the Day of Atonement, once a year, that's today. All right? Now I want to say this. Who can celebrate with me that Jesus died on the cross and he fulfilled everything the Old Covenant was trying to do in small. He did it in full. Amen? And so he died on the cross. I'm going to read a passage out of, out of Hebrews 10, 19-22, because this is the New Covenant true picture of how God views what the Day of Atonement really is. All right. It says this, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest, the holy of holies, By the blood of Jesus. How many of you know that he wasn't talking to one high priest when he said this? Who is he talking to? He's talking to you and me. All of us who are saved and sanctified. Amen? Having boldness. He wants us to have boldness to enter into that holy of holies place. Not by the blood of a goat or a bull. By the blood of Jesus Christ. And it says in, earlier in Hebrews, it says that, that Jesus was the, he was the high priest that was, that was sacrificed one time, one time for us, to make us holy, to make us perfected. Amen? So one time forever. And, and so we enter in by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. So the, the body on the cross is what created the passageway. He, he tore the veil when he died so that we could enter in through his body. Amen? You guys all right? Because I'm talking about the Shekinah glory of God. I'm talking about God himself in the place that's holy, in the place that's kabod glory, weighty glory, where, where only life can come forth from. Only that, That's the place where worlds can be spoken into existence. That's the place where where cherubim, who are the most magnificent creations, lay it all down before him and say, you are worthy. Come on. And he's saying that we can enter that place through the blood of Jesus with boldness, with confidence. Amen? says we can draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Hallelujah. I can meditate on these things and get drunk in the Holy Spirit. And I think I want to do that right now. Because I want to think about that we get to stand face to face to the creator of the universe. Why don't you take a moment. Just go there in your spirit right now. Take a moment. To know that you can stand before him face to face. Thank you, God. We're just saying there's no place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be than here in your love. Where is that? That's in his holy place. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus paid the price so that we could have the experience that the high priest was only privileged to have once a year. We can have it not just daily, but it's the place that he actually wants us to live in and to live from. Come on. Now, there's there's something that we need to embrace in the spirit of Yom Kippur. Because Yom Kippur is all about the atonement, which means the forgiveness of our sins. All right? It's the forgiveness of our sins. We can't repent hard enough to get it to happen that we paid the price because Jesus paid it once and for all. Amen? But there is something about our heart posture that Jesus did it all on his side, but he needs to see something from our side to make this point of contact happen. All right? It's repentance. It's, it's, a, it's a heart that, that pushes into him. It's a heart that enters in. It's a heart that, that chooses to exit the things that don't belong in his presence so that we can come into his presence with humility and reverence and awe. In the Jewish custom, there's from what I understand, there's two purposes of Yom Kippur. The one is, is, the, is the repentance to receive forgiveness. And the, the other one has to do with destinies. Okay? Because in, in their tradition, in their belief, on, on Rosh Hashanah, which was ten days ago, that was the new, the new year. And they, what they believe is that's the day that, that God decrees the destinies into the lives of His people. And the ten days of all are to take time to have reverence to the Lord, to align ourselves with who God is and the values in His heart and the promises that He's released into our lives. So it's, it's a, the whole purpose of it is a consecrating of ourselves. A consecrating of our mindsets. A, a choosing of, I want to renew my mind. I want to... I want to turn my thoughts to him and the things that he cares about and, and intentionally turn my heart and my mind away from the things that could distract me from that. It's consecration. In this modern age, consecration is not the, the, habits, the habitual lifestyle that it should be with Christians. I'm not talking about religiosity. I'm not talking about about a works mentality that thinks I can get myself good enough to get God's favor. I'm talking about a heart and a posture that recognizes that God has already done everything. He's already given it all, but I need to value it so much that I'll empty myself of anything that could hinder my ability to embrace everything he's given me. You guys hear me this morning? Okay. So when they when they believe that, that God has decreed destinies and promises on Rosh Hashanah, and they take ten days of awe, intentional astonishment of, towards the Lord. Okay? A, that astonishment doesn't have to be a, a reaction. It can be a, a chosen response. The Lord wants People who are positioning their hearts, they're choosing to enter into a state of awe towards him. The only reason that we wouldn't have a state of awe is if we're not taking the time to behold him. Because when we behold him and we magnify him, what is revealed is better than what we're probably giving him glory for. He deserves more glory than we're giving Him, and it's because we're not beholding Him at the level that He's worthy of. So Yom Kippur, ten days after that decreeing of destinies, what, they, what the Jewish culture would believe is that on Yom Kippur, that's the day that He took those he takes those words and then He seals them into the book of life, into the book of 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 decrees and destinies. Okay? Now, here's what I want to say about this. To to properly honor this this holy day, we we need to recognize the importance of repentance, of, of the humbled heart, the, the heart that's 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 true that's willing to acknowledge where I might have got off track and I need to align myself. And it also needs to take recognition of the destinies of the Lord for our lives. Come on. That's pretty awesome. Because there's so much promise in, in what He's doing in this. I think it's pretty amazing that as a church, uh, we're, taking, we're taking our people through a Destiny Finder class on Thursday nights. Destiny Finder. And it's several weeks... Focused in on discovering who God has created us as individuals to be and identifying what is the is in that for what we're supposed to be doing for the kingdom. Because when we live for God, the way he designed us to, it makes us come alive and it sets us free. Amen. So destiny is is actually a life-giving, um, liberating thing to discover. All right. And... and and Yom Kippur, it's a, it's a time where God wants to hone in our attention on him, his values, and his promises. Can anybody say amen to that? Amen. So last year, I talked about this stuff to you guys. And I, I remember last year for the, for the 2019 Yom Kippur, which is actually setting us up for 2020 because their new year is a few months ahead of ours... But it's kind of, I see that as God kind of jump-starting things in the spirit that's going to play out in our our time, all right? Because how many of you guys know that what happens in the earth usually started first in the spirit realm, okay? And, And so last year was declared a year of breakthrough. And Sean Bowles had an amazing prophecy about the year of breakthrough, 2020. And as we all remember coming to a close of 2019 and coming into 2020, launching into the great New Year celebration. So many collective prophetic words about 2020 vision. 2020 vision. This is going to be the year of breakthrough in all the realms of society and the kingdom showing up and moving forward, advancing. Do you guys remember all those words? I want to propose to you that God said it and he meant what he said. I want to propose to you that that was not prophecies amiss. That it was the heart of God, the promises of God, the declaration of the Lord, sealing it into the book of destinies for it to be unfolded and unraveled and broke through. I believe it. You guys have heard me say it more than once. And the enemy, Satan, and his kingdom of darkness, the, that at one point was a third the amount of, the, of how many angels there was in heaven. The reason I say at one point is because I don't know if God's, he, he could have created more angels since then, but the devil can't create more. So God might have more than two-thirds by now for all we know. But whatever amount it is, it's more than we could probably count. And they, and they live in the second heaven realm of this earth. And they try to rule fallen humanity. And Satan knows the prophetic promises of God that was spoken forth for 2020. And can I hear an amen that 2020 is not over yet? Okay? I want to also propose this to you. It doesn't matter what it looks like in this earth realm even if we get to December 31st, because what matters the most is not how people are acting in this world, it's what God has released from heaven into earth that we must steward and protect and fight for. Breakthrough, the year of breakthrough. And so Satan has seen the promises of God, and he knows... That there is prophetic promise of the billion soul harvest the end time revival that will outweigh any revival that's ever happened in the history of this earth it's going to far surpass pentecost in the upper room come on he knows what's coming he's already underneath the feet of jesus and he runs around like a roaring lion seeking who he can devour And if anybody believes he's got teeth, then they might might come under it. But we know that Jesus already kicked his teeth out of his head. And it's really not the devil that we're dealing with. It's the people and the the spirit behind this. And, And he is the author of confusion and chaos, right? And so he stirred up the probably the greatest warfare that we've seen in this earth yet, this year. Why would he do that? Not because he's winning, but because he's freaked out. Because he knows, he knows what God has released from heaven into the spirit, into the atmosphere. He knows that when God does that, if people will steward it, They'll cultivate it. They'll fight for it. They won't let go. They will anchor down in their hope despite what everything presses against them and says. He knows that what's been released into the atmosphere, the spirit realm, it makes it pregnant for a birthing into the natural realm. But it's up to us to see the birthing through to the end. God's not gonna do that part. He's already done the impregnation part. He's already conceived this thing in us. But it's up to us to not waver. It's up to us to believe what He's spoken and anchor down and push through this thing. And we will see a move of God. We will see a move of God like we've never seen before. We're already seeing the fruits. Of people who have been in darkness. Who who it turns out that they're actually hungry for hope. And they're ready to get saved on the spot. If somebody would just release hope and promise to them the gospel of Jesus Christ. People who may have hated Christianity. But they didn't know that they're hungry for something inside. Until they come in contact with it. And they taste and see that the Lord is good. I've heard people saying that salvations have been easier in this season than ever before. It's like just putting your hand under a fruit on a branch and it just falls into your hand. Come on. It's amazing. But what Satan and his cohorts are doing is they're releasing a smoke screen. There there are spirits in this earth that are working with greater power than they ever have before, and there, there's the spirit of division is has, has, has beefed up right now. The only way that they can get stronger is by people yielding to their lies. They're the spirit of division, the spirit of deception, the spirit of offense... Spirit of offense is a, that's a a crazy movement right now. Spirit of independence. There's crazy stuff going on right now. It's not from God. Okay? How many of you know that if something is motivated by Satan and his kingdom It's probably something that we should not let entertain our thoughts I want to tell you there's a lot of Christians influenced by, this, by the spirit of this world right now and I'm not going to lie and say that it's probably not done that to me at times but guess what Yom Kippur is a prophetic call from God to say, realign. Realign. There's, there's many people who have taken the bait of the smokescreen and allowed themselves to get caught up in it or, or get hope, become hopeless because of it. Retreat and go into hiding. Become complacent so we can avoid the, the, the discomfort of this thing. How many of you know there's no time like right now for us Christians to anchor in Christ and stand firm and strong and not be bent by what's going on in the world right now? To God, it's not about politics, it's about righteousness. Amen? I want to read out of Revelation 4 because I want to hit on a heart posture that, that God longs to see in every saint as a not just as a momental response to a situation, but A heart posture that's a lifestyle. This is a picture of Jesus in heaven and and the saints in heaven. And it says, I'm going to read Revelation 4 8 through 11. It says, The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night. Saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. How many of you know that he's the same today that he was in 2019 when we believed the words that were prophesied? Amen? We still believe. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever. The 24 elders fall down before Him who sits on the throne and worship Him who lives forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne. Everybody say they cast their crowns. And they say, You are worthy, O Lord. Everybody say, You are worthy, O Lord. To receive glory and honor and power for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Come on. The 24 elders had front row seats to the throne of God, and they were crowns because they were crowned with royalty. They knew who they were. They knew what their rights were. They knew what their authority was. And they, and they said, look at this person who's worthy of it all. I I love this person. He's so worthy of glory that I'm going to lay down everything that I have about me, all the rights that I have, all the things that define who I am. I love him more than what I get out of this. Do you guys hear me? I love him more than what I get out of this. I want to lay it down before him and and prostrate, prostrate myself before him. To worship him. Hallelujah. That's the kind of a heart that God loves to see in his people. Not just in heaven. In the day-to-day life. And we need to protect this kind of a heart posture. We need to cultivate this kind of a heart posture. That says, Lord, it's all about you. You've given me so much. It's all about you. Let me lay these things down before you, Lord. I I love you more than I love the promises that you've given to me. I love you more than who you've called me, which is so much better than I always thought. I lay it down before you, Lord. A heart that that is familiar with with the smell of the floor A heart that knows what Jesus' feet smells like. Because we stay prostrated before him. You guys hear my heart? He's holy and he's worthy of a laid down life. I love the story of the woman... I, if I remember right, I might be mixing stories, but I believe she was a prostitute and, and she came into a home that the people thought she didn't belong in and she came and she broke a, a perfume bottle that was worth a year's wages, I believe, and poured it on his feet, laid a, a year's worth of income to worship him in one moment and, and tears washing his feet, sobbing, I'm not worthy of you, but thank you for letting me be with you. Hair, the, the, the part that was actually what probably drew attention to her, that, she, that people would have thought was her crown of glory, washing his feet. That moves his heart. That moves his heart. That's the kind of heart that God wants to invite in to the Holy of Holies and say, hey, you don't have to to earn your way. I paid the price. I want you to come in. He's already given us the invitation, but the proper heart response from us is not to take it for granted. It's not for us to to have what some people call greasy grace that says, I can live how I want, and I can plop in his lap. But, but not having the, a, a proper respect for him, a proper awe for him, honor that says, I'm, I'm not worthy of this, but you gave this to me. I lay it down before you. Thank you. I get to cuddle by your feet. And then Jesus will pull you up into his lap. Amen. Amen. It's around this time last year. I was at my in-law's house and I took a nap and, and I had a dream and the Lord spoke to me in the dream and this is what he said. He said, our lack of reverence is surely among our greatest reasons we don't see the glory of God at the level he longs to reveal it. I'm going to say that one more time. Our lack of reverence is surely among our greatest reasons that we don't see the glory of God at the level he longs to reveal it. God wants to give us this glory, but he wants to give it to people that he's going to build and trust it to, who are going to put a a value on it. That's the value that says, I'll lay my life down for this. I'll lay my entitlements down for this. I'll lay my rights down for this. I'll lay it all down. I'll lay my comfort zones. I'll lay my schedule down for this. You guys hear my heart? Yom Kippur has been a real important holiday for me. I've had some pretty radical encounters with God on this day that have been memorable for me. The first time it happened was was in 2009. The Lord led me to go on a fast for several days to seek His face, and I had no idea that we were in the in the days of awe. I just it just happened to be that, but God knew. And it was on that Saturday that I was fasting. I didn't know if I was going to keep going for a 40-day fast or what it was going to be. And and in healing rooms a lady shared with the team that that day was Yom Kippur, starting sundown. And and she explained the whole thing about that on Rosh Hashanah, God used that time to decree destinies. And the ten days of all are to press into the Lord. Posture your heart. Lay before his feet. Set it all down ignore all the distractions of the world for a, for a period of time to hone in our focus on Him. And then on that day, Yom Kippur, that's the day that God seals it. And then she was saying that there's, there's many prophetic people who get away on this time to seek the Lord because that's when God gives them incredible downloads for the body of Christ for things that He's going to be doing in the, year, the next year. And, and when she said these things, the Lord said, Jesse, this is why you were fasting, to prepare for today. And he said, after this holiday, you, you're going to break it because this is what it was for. And I, and I went to the prayer house that evening. I was going to break my fast after I was done praying. I was there for like probably like three hours laying on the floor under the glory of God because his presence was really strong on me. I felt angels coming to me to minister the spirit of God to me. It was wild. And I was getting ready to break my fast with communion. And the Lord said, after I went and got the communion thing, I went back to my spot and the Lord said, Jesse, just one more minute or one more moment with me. I said, okay. So I didn't, I didn't take it yet. I laid on the floor and, I, and an angel came and landed at my head on the floor like he was looking down at me and I was right there and, and then God opened me up to, in the spirit and I, and I started like seeing in the spirit and, and he started prophesying these things to me that I wrote down I'm not going to tell you all of it but, but he promised me some things about destiny and then, then he closed that time with a vision of a city he said Jesse don't you want to claim the city for my name he said, there will come a day, it's not now, there will come a day when you're going to know what that city is. And it will and it'll be your time to go and, you know, sow into that. Claim it for his name. And which I later have found out, this is where we are, guys. That was in 2009. But it was a radical time. So, one of the most crazy prophetic encounters that I've had is Yom Kippur. Awesome. And, and then a couple a few years later, is 2016, um, <clears throat> one night I was putting David to bed, and he, he was pretty restless most of the nights, but this night I put soaking music on, and we felt the glory of God come into his bedroom, and, and I could actually feel it like a cloud moving in, and it hovered over us on the bed and fell on us and he fell asleep instantly in the presence. And I started encountering God and the Lord said, it's Yom Kippur. I said, oh my gosh, I didn't realize it. I looked it up and it was, it's like the Lord had an appointment with me that I didn't even know I should have been ready for. But he came anyway. And and he's told me something that really spoke to my heart in a deep way. He said, you've done a great job of making me your exceedingly great reward, even at the expense of unfulfilled dreams. Because I was in a season where I was laying down my dreams so I could totally just go into God and say, Lord, I love you more than the promises you've given me. Like years of laying that stuff down. Lord, I'm, I'm choosing to learn to love you more than my visions that you've given to me. And, and, he's, and he came in that night and he told me thanks for that. I th- that was awesome. And, and I knew in my spirit that him saying that, that he was about to start unlocking the things that I have given up for him. He's about to start unlocking those things. And it was soon after that he started talking to us about coming here to northern Indianapolis. It's pretty wild. He just wanted to see the heart in the right place. Amen. How many of you guys know, like, and this is what I'm trying to get to with Yom Kippur, like, God has great things for us, better than you can imagine, but he wants to know he's given it to a heart that loves him more than that thing that he wants to give to you. And when he knows that he's got somebody who's willing to lay down the crown at his feet, those are the people, he says, these are the ones that I can entrust my kingdom to. A kingdom can be entrusted to somebody who's willing to take off the crown and put it at his feet. So, so going into Yom Kippur, let me tell you, this isn't just meant for one night, but let's, but let's embrace it. Let's let it be a, a moment of intentionality. To recalibrate ourselves to Him, calibrate our hearts in full humility, full surrender to Him. Let's lay down our crowns. Let's lay down our agenda. Let's lay down our entitlements. Let's lay down our offenses. Let's lay down even promises if we need to do so, to realign our hearts with Him first. You guys hear my heart? It's a day of repentance. A lot of people hear that word and it sounds harsh. God's heart with repentance is not harsh. It's actually to recalibrate us, to reorient us, to receive the blessing of the Lord. To receive the graces that He has Whatever the thing is that might be getting between us and him, it's actually blocking his ability to release the goodness of God into that place. So repentance is not just a rebuke, it's an invitation to shift into a a higher place. 2 Chronicles 7.14, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. If we want to see revival in the land, we need to make sure that our hearts are fully submitted to the Lord and repent if it's not. Amen? Repentance is a renewing of the mind. It's a choosing to not be conformed to the thought patterns or the ways of the world. Renew your mind. Get it realigned with truth. Nobody's exempt from this, including myself. We need to to be the the best disciples of Jesus. We need to have a a value system that I'm going to be a rapid repenter. If I've done something wrong, If I've broken trust or I've misaligned, I need to be a rapid repenter. I need to get that thing fixed quick so that I can get in alignment with the grace that that thing's blocking me from. I had a dream recently, I'm going to tell you this just so you know that I don't exempt myself from this. God gave me a dream the other day and he showed me some specific ways that, that I need to get my own self, my inner house in order. Because some things are not in alignment. It's not necessarily sin, but it's stuff that because it's not in order, it's it's not functioning at the high level that it needs to. So he's showing me areas I need to get my life in order, and, and that's repentance. It's repentance. And and God wants to do this in our hearts, in our lives, in our behaviors, in our ways. Not so that we can be religious, but so it can align us with access to come into that holy place with a proper heart. Because so his goal is so we can behold his glory and we can encounter his love. Come on, guys. Can anybody say amen to this? So the way that I want to respond with this And I I want to invite whoever of the worship team, oh my goodness, there is nothing for them to come over here to. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) Okay, if that doesn't work out for you, then I don't know if maybe, Alex, are you able, maybe just by yourself even, to come over here and get your guitar and a mic ready? That's hilarious. I mean, I heard things clanging and things are jabbing my leg over here, didn't know that. I didn't know the whole stage was gone. (laughs) Psalms 139.24, written by one of the most intimate lovers of God, David. And he, he says this to the Lord. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there's any wicked way in me. David was a holy man. Close friend of God. But he still has this heart that says, Search me. Show me if there's something that I'm not seeing in myself that I need to repent of. Show me if there's any, any wicked way in me that I'm not seeing and lead me in the way everlasting. Okay? The Lord wants us to be professional repenters. Can I hear an amen? amen. Repentance, if, if there's sin, we need to repent of it. If there's offenses, we need to repent of it. Repent. Gone are the days in the kingdom when repentance is not a part of the gospel. Repent. If there's, a, if there's a bad heart towards anybody in our lives, we need to repent. If there's disobedience to what God is wanting in your life in any place, we need to repent. If we're doing the right thing, but we're doing it half-hearted, we need to repent. I'm going to hit on something. I want you to hear me. If if there's anything that we're, maybe we're doing it, but we're not carrying a proper heart of worship to the Lord in our obedience, we might need to repent. If we're just going through the motions, but we're not actually living a heart of, I'm a living sacrifice, a pleasing aroma to the Lord because my heart is engaging with His heart in this thing I'm doing. I want to do it with the best ability I can, not perfectionism, but offering myself as well as I can out of worship to the Lord. If we're not doing that, we might need to repent. If we love God but we're not loving Him first, we might need to repent. We might need to repent if we just simply are getting distracted by the cares and the worries of this world and it's taken our eyes off of what God's doing, off what he's saying, off of his beckoning. We might need to repent. You guys hear in my heart? Yom Kippur, it's about repentance, it's about destiny, and it's about aligning ourselves. You can start playing the instrumental part if you want. Yeah, we, it's, Yom Kippur, it's, a, it's about aligning our hearts with to the Lord. It's about, it's about letting, not, not navel-gazing, where I'm like, I'm trying to witch-hunt to find sin in me. Like, if we do that, we'll probably find something that we can feel guilty about. That's not the goal. But it's opening our hearts to allow the Lord to say, hey, you can't take this where you're trying to go. This thing that you, that you have in your life, or in your heart, that you can't bring that into my holy presence. I want you, but I don't want that thing. We've all got something. But this day and age, with the with the crazy antichrist attack that's going on against the body of Christ and his kingdom, in this day and age, the, the enemy is trying to send a smoke screen out. He's trying to use anything he can to stir up fences. To stir division, to stir disruptions to our momentum and growing in God and demonstrating His kingdom. We need to ask Him, Am I influenced by anything that's diverting my attention off of Him and seeking first His kingdom? I just want to give us a time right now to ask the Lord, Search me and know me, show me if there's any any evil way, any any way off in my heart. Show me. And, And let's be rapid repenters. Let's live a lifestyle like this. Let's just take a moment right now just to let the Lord reveal to you. And the focus of this is not got problems, it's, I want to invite you into an encounter with my glory, I want to invite you into an encounter with your destiny, and then if there's anything that could cause cause you to be hindered in that, it's just realignment, it's just reorienting your heart. Repent. Just give him a moment. Let him show you. It's not so the it's not it's not for condemnation it's for invitation.